you might not be as fresh as you were maybe when you come out of the water or when God filled you with the Holy Ghost. Maybe you feel like, man, the world has really wailed on me and things have really built up on me and maybe I just, but I still got some might. And let me tell you, David said, I'm just going to give it whatever I got left with my might. I'm just going to do it to the Lord. Quit waiting for the Lord to pull your puppet strings and do it with your might. Dance before the Lord with your might. You might be weary. You might be tired. You might be heartbroken. But honey, you got something left in the tank. Whatever you got left, spend it on lifting up the Lord. I wish I could get two or three people just to dance and to shout and to say, I'm just going to give everything I got left to the Lord. I'm just going to give it to you. Everything I got left. Oh, my, my. Every time. time. I like when they sing that with the question. When will he come through? When will he come through? How many times? That's right, every time. We just heard the preaching about the promises of God. They don't fail. God will come through every time. The Lord will come through every time. Well, I... Mm, somebody just give him a hand clap for the shout of praise this house. I believe in him today. How about you? Woo! God's got it. I believe God's got a word for us in this house today. God's got it. We're so thankful. We do want to, before our, our preacher gets up, I want us to, uh, I do want us to have a word of prayer for those that we, we did mention in the first service, but you may have not. Have, may have not heard and don't don't know. Of course, always continuing to pray for Brother Paul. But there is a list of people that we need to remember uh, just to pray that they'll be better, get well. They're, they are sick in their bodies and, and need the Lord to touch them. Elena Waldrop, Augusta and Abigail Harrell, Odette Vaughn, Jenny Vaughn, J.T. Landrum, James, Michelle, and Hannah Rose, Brother Stephen Ross, uh, Wanda, Wayne Pleasure, uh, Sister Wanda's mother, and my dad, and also remember Sister Sabrina uh, this morning, the, the entire Vaughn family. 
that God would bless them and strengthen them and help them today. I want us to lift those names up to the Lord right now and just ask God to touch them. Let's, can we do that before we get going? Precious Jesus, right now in your mighty name, Lord, we have worshipped, we believed you, we watched, Lord, your gospel in action. We've seen the sins of people washed away in your name. We've seen you touch and bless and restore people, encourage them in this service already. But Lord, right now we've got loved ones that need touching. They need to be healed today and strengthened. And we know that in the name of Jesus that can happen. So right now, God, we curse the spirit of affliction that's attacked our people. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, heal and deliver like only you can. Heal today, God. Deliver. Set free, Lord, like only you can. Oh, God, in your mighty name, do this. We ask it in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. God is so good to us today. What a mighty God. What a mighty God. What a mighty God. I'm thankful for him today. We want to pray for our prodigals this morning. And while Sister Jessica is coming, I want to say because you may not know but I want to say congratulations to her because just recently Monday it was Monday uh, the district board approved her for her uh, local minister's license she's now officially a licensed minister UPCI and we are so excited what God is doing in this young lady's life let's pray for these prodigals precious Jesus I love you I thank you for what you're doing I thank you for the freedom and liberty that is available to our prodigals today Lord I pray that they would meet you where you are trying to meet them, Lord. That there would be freedom and liberty for them today. God, I rebuke the spirit of heaviness right now in the name of Jesus. I come against any bitterness, any, any unforgiveness, and any hate right now in the name of Jesus. God, I push it back. I rebuke it. I take dominion over it right now in Jesus' name. I speak freedom. I speak liberty. I speak power over our prodigals right now in the name of Jesus. God, I pray that not only your love, but your victory would fill every room where they're sitting right now, God. And they would believe once again that you are still waiting for them. In the name of Jesus, God, be glorified. Yes, hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, give the Lord a hand. You can't never stop looking down the road. They're coming back. You just got to believe that in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. You can be seated. Uh, we're going to uh, just move on this morning. Uh, if you have tithes and offering at the end of service, the baskets will be on the platform. If you will just bring those up today. And we want to get to our preachers just as speedily as possible. I do want to remind you, prayer tomorrow night at 7 o'clock. Uh, we need prayer. They said they had a tremendous Monday night prayer last week. Last Monday said it was just powerful. Uh, let's make Monday night prayer a priority and be here and pray. Listen, the only thing that's going to keep us in this last day is, is if we're praying. We need to be a praying people, a praying church. And so... Uh, we are thankful uh, to be back home. We had a great trip, a lot of us guys that went, and God watched out for us and kept us, uh, kept us some of these old folks from expiring on the trail. Uh, but uh, we, had, we did have a tremendous time, and I appreciate the prayers. And being away, it was, it was good that I could get away and just focus on where we were at and uh, spend some time with these guys. And then I knew I had some men that would, young men that would be here ready to preach for us this week and so brother philip did a tremendous job in that 11 o'clock service just a great word brother great and uh 
today in this service, Brother Elijah is going to come preach to us. And he always brings a great word and encouraging us. So let's give him a hand as he comes this morning. Love our, our men of God. Praise the Lord. Thank you. Praise the Lord. Um, first off, I'd like to give honor to the Lord. Thank him for... Thank you for the opportunity to do this. Thank you for the opportunity to have access to the Word of God. Um, we can do nothing without Him. It's all by His mercy that we're here today. And second, I'd like to give honor to my pastor. Uh, he doesn't have to let us young men get up here and do this and, and take his time of, of preaching to his saints, and, but he does anyway. He gives us this opportunity, and I'm thankful for that. Real quickly today, I'm going to turn to the first page in your Bible, Genesis chapter 1. And um, I have very few notes today. I'm, I'm not going to be very long. I'm going to go ahead and forewarn you. I'm not going to be very long today. Um, we're going to get through this pretty quickly, and, and God's going to speak to us. And I was torn between two different... It sounds funny. I'm telling you, I'm not going to be very long, but I have almost two different messages up here. And we're going to touch on both of them, but both, both of them were fast. Both of them were fast. And I feel like they go together. I was, I was struggling figuring out which one I was going to move forward with, and, and both of them tied up together pretty well. So Genesis chapter 1, verses 1 through 3. It says, In the beginning God created the heaven and the earth. And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light, and there was light. Give me just a few moments of your time today, and I promise you I will not keep you long. I want to encourage you today with some good news and hopefully help us all to leave here a little bit differently than when we came in. Just a few minutes today, I'm going to preach on this topic. God is in control. God is in control. Let's lift our hands and pray one more time before we get into the preaching of the word. Lord, we thank you. Lord, we thank you for this opportunity to come and be in your presence today. Lord, I thank you for the opportunity to read and understand your word. God, I just ask you today that you would touch my heart and my mind, Lord, in my mouth as I begin to speak the word that you've given me, Lord. God, I pray over every person under the sound of my voice. God, let us be good ground, Lord, that your word would be planted, Lord, and grow and and make us better in some way today, God. Lord, let your word move in our hearts today, Lord, and take us to new heights in you. Lord, take us to new places in you. Lord, increase faith in this place today. Increase faith in the name of Jesus Christ. We pray in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Thank you. You can be seated today. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We live in a world today that is full of control. We want to control everything. And for the most part, we do. Uh, we, we like to think that we as a whole uh, control the democracy of the United States of America, that what name we check beside that 
ballot is going to change the future of this nation. We, we like having that privilege to vote and feel somewhat in control. Uh, we like to have a balanced budget where we know exactly where every single dollar is and where it's going. We like being in control of our finances. We like being able to walk into a room that's too hot or too cold and find that fancy box on the wall and with just the push of a button completely alter the atmosphere within that room. And we like that even in our cars. We love having a car with air conditioning and heat on a hot summer day or a cold winter day. We love being able to control the temperature. And ladies, you know us men like riding in an ice box of a car. So when you hop in the passenger seat and you realize that that car has dual heating and air, and you can control the temperature on that whole half of the vehicle. Mm. Praise God. Seat warmers. Control. We like having that control of our atmosphere. We like having literally every facet of our lives in the palm of our hands. Our social media, our entertainment, our bank statement, our study tools, our notepad, the time, our calendar, our own personal assistant to remind us of all the things that we cannot remember ourselves on a day-to-day basis. Our pictures, our music, every search engine on the internet, every book that you could ever think of wanting to read, including the Bible, Diet plans, workout plans, alarm clocks, phone calls, text messaging, all of it. Literally, everything you could think of wanting to be in control of is in the palm of our hands. Some of us are just control freaks. And that's okay to say. That's not a mean thing to say. Some, some is, we just like being in control of the things in our lives. Others among us aren't really that concerned with being in control. We just kind of go with the flow. But even after hearing some of these simple things that we take control of on a daily basis, maybe some of us are even a little bit more used to being in control of things than we like to admit. And before you think I'm going to tell you that we shouldn't be in control of those things that I've listed, I am definitely not going to. I'm thankful for my privilege as a citizen of this great nation to have a say-so in where this nation goes. It's a very small say-so, but I get one. I'm thankful for God's gift of intelligence so that we can balance our budget and, and be good stewards and manage our finances wisely. And I am so thankful for the genius intellect that figured out the miracle of air conditioning in our homes and in our vehicles Blessings be upon those people. God bless them. I'm thankful for the technology that we possess in the palm of our hands. It can be dangerous, and oftentimes it can cause us to make some foolish decisions. But when used wisely, it's an awesome gift to be able to manage all of the things that we do with these little devices. And I believe that we should be good stewards with things that God has given us. Take the words of Jesus in Luke chapter 12. 
And the Lord said, Who then is that faithful and wise steward, whom his Lord shall make ruler over his household, to give them their portion of meat in due season? Blessed is that servant whom his Lord, when he cometh, shall find so doing. Of a truth I say unto you that he will make him ruler over all that he hath. And that's Luke 12, starting in verse 42, for you taking notes. We should make a conscious effort to do the best that we can do with the things that God has placed within our control. But let us not forget today who placed those things within our control. James chapter 1 verse 17 says, Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights with whom... There is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. In other words, he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And that includes not only our spiritual gifts that he gives us on a daily basis, our, the mercy that's new every morning, the grace that covers us from day to day, the favor that he puts over us for being in obedience to him. That, it covers all those perfect gifts and all those good gifts. It covers all of those spiritual gifts that we can't see and handle physically and visibly, but but that are with us. And, And it even goes farther than that and includes everything that we possess that is physical, everything that we can get our hands on. Everything, every single gift is from the Lord. Every good thing comes from Him. And I know I didn't make an all inclusive list of everything that we control on a daily basis, but I believe that you get my point, that we love to be in control of the things that we have been given access to be in control of. Now, after considering that every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, think about how much control you really have. Even the things that we have and use on a daily basis are given to us from God. The things we take for granted and assume to be under our control are only under our control because God has given His approval. Nothing happens in this world without passing across His desk and getting His stamp of approval. God is the sovereign ruler of the universe. Things on earth and things in heaven all must bend to his will. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. The world and they that dwell therein. Psalms 24 and 1. God sent plagues on the Egyptians to show them and the Israelites that the earth belongs to him. He parted the waters of the Red Sea to show that the earth belongs to him. He caused the sun to stand still for Joshua to show that it rises and sets at his word alone. He allowed the three Hebrew boys to walk through the furnace of Nebuchadnezzar to show them all, all, that even the fierceness of the flames need his permission to consume. He closed the mouths of the lions 
for Daniel to show that even the most violent of those that dwell within his earth must obey him. And it's one thing, it's easy for us to understand that an invisible God that we cannot see, feel, or handle supposedly with our physical senses, it's easy to understand that he could exercise his authority over his creation, but then he put on a robe of flesh and walked among us. Then he went on to give strength to the lame, give sight to the blind, open the deaf ears, fed thousands with the contents of a little boy's lunchbox, touched the untouchable leper, and instead of getting leprosy, the leper got healed. He commanded the spirits and the devils, and they all obeyed and begged him for mercy. He healed a little girl of a fatal disease from another city with only his word. He called for his friend Lazarus, who had been dead for four days, and death had to release him so that he could go to the master. He walked across the top of the sea, and in the middle of a hurricane-like storm, he spoke peace. And the wind, the rain, and the waves had no choice but to obey as the storm reached a screeching halt. Colossians 1 and 16 says, For by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created by him and for him, and he is before all things, and by him all things consist. All things Everything that you can see and feel, everything that you can hear and touch, everything that we see in this world, from the rising of the sun to the setting of the same, from the waves coming up to this point and no further and having to recede, everything that we see and take for granted consists by His hand alone. I heard of a man of God one time whenever he was talking about the resurrection of Lazarus, he said it's a good thing that whenever he called Lazarus, that he called him by name. Otherwise, the entire resurrection would have come flooding out of that tomb. Because Psalms 115 and 3 says, But our God is in the heavens. He hath done whatsoever he hath pleased. Now that ought to give you hope. It equally makes you feel this big and make you feel like you can take on a whole world. Because in other words, God does whatever He wants to. There's not another God up there. There isn't a committee where He counsels to figure out what He can and cannot do. He's God. He does whatever He wants to do. Whatever He wants to do. Whatever he wants to do. Just think, think about that for just a second. All the things that we complain about. All the things in life that happen that we have no control of. Somebody had control over it. God let it happen. Doesn't mean that he caused it to happen, but he allowed it to happen for a purpose. And we have to trust him because, like the book of Job said, who is, who is man that I should that I should ask God. 
book of Isaiah, I believe it is, or Jeremiah, one of them, I don't have the scripture in front of me, equates it to uh, a potter with clay. And he says, why would the clay turn around to the potter and say, why have you fashioned me in this way? What are you making me for? Who Who are we as the pot to look at the potter and say, what are you doing? God does whatever he wants to do. I believe I've made my point. We understand that even in the middle of all our chaos that's in this world right now, God is still seated on high and on his throne. We understand that today, right? We all know that he's God and he can do whatever he wants to. We know that, right? First message down. I almost titled my message something different to include the second part, but it was too long and I didn't want to confuse everybody. It was going to be, God is in control, but it's up to you. See, let me show you something in the scriptures that might shed some light on what it is exactly that God wants to do. Genesis chapter 3 in verse number 8 says, And they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God amongst the trees of the garden. And the Lord God called unto Adam and said unto him, Where art thou? We find the Lord walking In the cool of the day, we find him walking to be with his friends. And he finds them hiding. See, God's desire, what he wants, has been the same ever since he first created man. To walk and to talk with his creation. To have fellowship with us. It is not something that he requires or needs in order to be God. But he desires it. He asks for it. Because he so desires a real, personal, meaningful relationship with his creation, he gave us a little bit of control. He gave us free will. With Adam and Eve and many times with us as well, that decision to give us the freedom of choice backfires on God. Not that it surprises him or that he didn't see it coming, but that desire for a real, true, personal relationship is sometimes not reciprocated. Because of sin, we're separated from the Lord. Genesis 3 and 23 says, Therefore the Lord God sent him forth from the Garden of Eden, being Adam and his wife Eve, to till the ground from whence he was taken. Because of Adam and Eve's choice, I'm not going to go through the whole story for the sake of time. I told you it was going to be fast. We know what happened. Adam and Eve 
sinned and fell from the presence of God. And because of that free choice that Adam and Eve made, the Lord God sent him forth on his way from the garden. Because the communion between God and man was lost, the Lord desired one other thing. You read the scriptures and you find many things that the Lord asks of us. You find many things that he brings to our attention and sets before us on the table. But there's one other thing, really, that he desired after Adam and Eve were pushed out of the garden. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. Speaking of the Messiah. He hath put him to grief. When thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin, he shall see his seed. He shall prolong his days. And the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. He shall see of the travail of his soul and shall be satisfied. By his knowledge shall many Shall my righteous servant justify many? For he shall bear their iniquities. That's Isaiah chapter 53, verse 10. His only desire was to, by any means necessary, restore that relationship that he had with his creation. He wanted to walk and talk with us again without sin separating us. So we find the Lord God Almighty, Jesus Christ, here on the cross. In Matthew chapter 27, starting at verse 50, Jesus, when he had cried again with a loud voice, yielded up the ghost. And behold, the veil of the temple was rent in twain, or in two, from the top to the bottom, and the earth did quake, and the rocks rent, and the graves were open, and many bodies of the saints which slept arose, and came out of the graves after his resurrection, and went into the holy city, and appeared unto many. Here, in this moment, even in a world full of sin, because this earth is not our home, and we have another destination, another city that is, that is not built with hands, Here in this moment, in this temporary place, Jesus gave us a temporary Eden where we could have relationship with God. The veil of the temple, you see, that was rent in twain, the veil represented the barrier between mankind and the Holy of Holies, which is the place where the presence of God resides inside the temple. The tearing of this veil represents the Lord tearing into the old covenant, which by his own word made that place his residence. The work that he did on the cross allowed for the old covenant to be annulled, and with the new covenant and the infilling of the Holy Ghost by the evidence of speaking in other tongues, he could make his new residency within us. Jeremiah chapter 31, starting in 33, says, But this shall be the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel. 
After those days, saith the Lord, I will put my law in their inward parts and write it in their hearts and will be their God and they shall be my people. And they shall teach no more every man his neighbor and every man his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for they shall all know me. From the least of them unto the greatest of them, saith the Lord. For I will forgive their iniquity, and I will remember their sin no more. With the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, and the pouring out of the Holy Ghost, this word of the Lord in Jeremiah came to pass. Jesus gave us the ability to have relationship with Him. He made true holiness. The Word of God says, Be holy for I am holy. And Jesus made true holiness attainable for us. Whereas before it was not. See, I believe that a true relationship with Jesus Christ, which is what this is all about, All of this that we have in this life, everything that I've led up to from this point forward, all leads to a personal relationship with Jesus. Because that is the only thing that is going to save us. That's the only thing that is going to cause us to make it. Nothing except for Him knowing my name will save me. And a true relationship with Jesus Christ and true holiness, I believe, are the same thing. And let me explain to you why. Holiness is a process. I know I'm going through some different things here, but it's all going to tie together. And we're almost done. I got two more pages here. Holiness is a process in the Bible that consists of being justified. Or freed from the penalty of sin. And sanctified. A continual cleaning process. Where we grow closer to God. And farther from sin. And then glorified with Jesus. Which will happen in a moment. In the twinkling of an eye. And now because God has given us the freedom of choice. At this point. At the cross. At this point. He has done everything in His control that He kept to restore our relationship with Him. The reason that I think holiness and a true relationship with God are the same thing is because holiness is the part of restoring our relationship that falls under my control. Not just the inward holiness that You know, people talk about having inward holiness whenever they accept Jesus as their personal Savior, but real holiness will bring you closer to God. And attempting to get closer to God will attain you real holiness. You cannot grow closer to God and grow closer to the world at the same time. You cannot grow holier And entertain yourself with the things of the world at the same time. You will either attain holiness by seeking a relationship with Him. Or you will lose your position with Christ being justified by seeking the things of this world. 
the first step to becoming holy and restoring our relationship with God has been done for us. We just have to obey the plan of salvation. We just have to obey the word of God. It's not works because it's not hard. This, Acts 2.38, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins, as our sister did today. Ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. This justifies us from the penalty of sin and sets us, it pulls us out of a position of being penalized for sin and sets us in a new position with Jesus Christ. That is where our relationship begins. From here, we begin to be sanctified. This is a process where we continue to neglect sin. Because repentance, true repentance is not saying you're sorry. True repentance is a turn. It's a 180 degree turn. Where I was going one way towards the world, and I have turned. And I'm going another way towards God. And this process of sanctification is where we continue in our turn, our repentance. We continue to neglect sin, to neglect the desires of the flesh, and seek and feed the Spirit, and seek after the things of God. And this will take place until we go to be with the Lord. And we are glorified in a moment and in the twinkling of an eye. Because as Paul said, he has not attained perfection. In this process of having been turned and being sanctified throughout this process from the youngest to the eldest to the people who have just been baptized to the people who have been baptized for 50 years some are in different places along this sanctification process but we're all in the, in the process of being sanctified. And this will continue. We should continue on this effort, this journey, this constant checking ourselves and neglecting the things and the wants of the flesh and seeking after the Word of God and seeking after time with Him and seeking after the things of the Spirit. This should continue indefinitely until that moment in the twinkling of an eye, whenever we are glorified with Christ. Our entire relationship with Jesus, as we're growing closer to Him, we're becoming more holy. As we draw near to Him, we become more distant from sin. And this is a concept that is lost among so many people and doctrines in the world, and it confuses me. Because I can't understand how we can turn from the things of this world and seek after God and long for Him, yet continue in the same things that we were doing. Because true holiness, according to the Word of God, the attributes of true holiness replaces a what-can-I-get-away-with-and-still-be-saved mindset with a what-else-can-I-give 
of myself in order to get closer to God mindset. Not a, this won't send me to hell if I do this mindset, but a, if Jesus was here in the flesh, would that please him mindset? If we choose to seek after the pleasures of sin instead of seeking after the Lord, we can lose our position with Christ. And we won't ever be glorified with Jesus in the resurrection. And I know this sounds heavy, and I know I said I was going to try and encourage you and leave us differently than we came, but I already encouraged you with God is in control. The encouraging part of all of this is that God has you in the palm of his hand. And the music can go ahead and come. I said I was going to be fast. But that God Almighty, the one who formed the universe, with just his words, took the effort of extending his hand for us. God is in control of every aspect of your life. But he still gives us that free will. And in this last day, because God is getting ready to come back. In this last day, if we will instead of choosing the world, instead of choosing the pleasures of sin for a season, if we will choose to neglect the pleasures of sin and seek after the kingdom of God, And seek after his righteousness. And seek after prayer and fasting and Bible reading and communion with the Lord. One day, we will be glorified with Jesus. One day, in a moment in the twinkling of an eye, we will be transformed and taken out of this world. And we will be placed in our position with the Lord. 1 Corinthians Chapter 6 and 19 says, What know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own? For you are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. And 1 Thessalonians 4 and 4 confirms this sanctification process that we're all in says that every one of you should know how to possess his vessel in sanctification and honor. As we stand all over this place today, it is more important than ever in this last day that we gain the ability, if we have not already, to possess this vessel possess this body in sanctification and honor. The God of the universe, the one who is in control of everything, has left some things up to us. There are only a few things in this life that we have control of, church. But one of the things we control is how close we get 
to God. You can have as much of God as you want to. There is nobody, there is nothing that can stop you from getting as much of this word inside of you as you want to. There is nothing or nobody that can stop you from talking to God as much as you want to. As much as you want. More than you can ask or think He can give. So, I would ask you today, what is taken away from your time of sanctification? Is there something in your life today that is keeping you from growing closer to God? With the few things that we have control over in this life, I would like to challenge all of us today, including myself. If you pray every single day in secret, which is the way that the Lord said to do it, pray in secret and your Father will reward you openly. Fast with confidence and anoint your head with oil and not to show that you're fasting, but do it in secret so that your Father can see in secret and reward you openly. If we pray every single day to the Lord, give Him five more minutes. That's not too much, is it? Give Him five more minutes. If you read your Bible every single day, which I'm sure most of us do, give Him a few more chapters of time spent in His Word. If you don't fast regularly, set aside some time to put down the flesh and feed your soul. And again, this isn't me telling you what to do. That's not my place. This is this is a, an offer that I feel like the Lord is extending. Feed your soul just a little bit more. Give a little bit more to God than we were already. And if you don't have a prayer life that's exactly the way that you want it to be, you don't have a time of reading that happens on a daily basis, I really believe that you can change that. I believe that if you want your relationship with God to grow, I believe that that's attainable. I believe that we can, we can change the things that we need to change in order to get ourselves closer to God. I believe we can do that. I have confidence in you. It's not easy to put down the flesh. But it's not supposed to be easy, church. But I believe that as a church, as the body of Christ, I believe that we can give just a little bit more. And that's not me discounting what you already give. I know that you're a praying church and that you seek after God. But I, I believe that as the world is getting a whole lot worse, I think that we could do just a little bit better and try just a little bit harder because they're trying real hard out there they're trying really really hard I, I really believe that God is worth it to try just a little bit more I really really believe that he'll bless you a whole lot more for just a little bit more effort I really really believe that God can take you to new heights in your relationship with him for just five more minutes I 
really, really believe. I feel the Holy Ghost. I really believe that in your everyday prayer life, if you would just take five more minutes, that in that five minutes, God could take you to a place that you never even thought existed. And He could show you some things. I really believe that if you don't have a regular fasting schedule, that that day that you decide to not eat anything and crucify your flesh and just put water in that vessel, that God will be with you in that day like you've never felt before. I believe that there's somebody in this place who has heard people talk about having the presence of the Lord with them and having the presence of the Lord follow them and feeling God go with them on a daily basis and wonder what that feels like. I really believe that if that person is in here today, that if you can dedicate a day to fast, that on that day, you'll feel what we're talking about. That God will show up and answer and, and, and do what it is that you need Him to do. I really, really believe that if you struggle reading the Word of God, if you struggle to focus on the Word of God, that if you'll set some things aside for a few more chapters... And focus on those next couple of chapters that God will show you something that you didn't already know. I'm going to open up these altars today to whosoever will. You can come today and draw closer to the Lord and you can get as close to Him as you want to, church. He loves you and He's given us every opportunity. And He'll be faithful. I can promise you this. If you try, He'll be faithful. He'll be there. He'll answer. Come seek the Lord today, church. He's so worth it. He is worth it.
thank you, Jesus. There is nothing more precious than that relationship with the Lord. What a reminder. But I just noticed from the very opening, I made a couple of comments. It seemed like some things that Brother Phillips said right in the beginning of his message and the way Brother Elijah started that there, there's so many things concerning God that are up to us. The Bible says if we hunger and thirst, we shall be filled. That's a promise from the Lord. But you can't feel a closed vessel. It's just like you can't feed a, a, a child that's got their mouth closed. If they won't open their mouth, it don't matter. It, doesn't, it just won't happen. God said, if you hunger and thirst, I'll fill it. But, but sometimes I feel like there was a, a message in that prodigal that story of the prodigal when the father told that eldest brother he said son all that I have is yours you never gave you never gave you never gave all I have is yours oh I don't want to I didn't, he just didn't understand it but that boy that went out that was wasting away he realized it after he got away what that relationship with the Father would provide. He said, it's in my Father's. When he spoke, he said it was about relationship first. In my Father's house, his servants have bread to eat, food to eat, and to spare. It wasn't about, I'll just go home and get food. He said, in my Father's, where the relationship is, is where I can be fed. And I realize that now. And Oh, I tell you, the Lord's telling you today, you listen to what these men of God said today. God's got something for you. It's there. All that he has is ours. It's ours. Let's, let's receive it. Why don't we lift our hands now and say, Lord, I, I, I realize it. I, I'm, I'm catching that now, Lord. I, I want all that you have for me. I am hungry. I am thirsting for righteousness. I, I want to cultivate my relationship. I do want to, I want true holiness. I want to draw close to you, God. I don't want to just know about you, God, and miss it. But I want to draw close to you, God. I want to be more like you, Jesus. I want to pray more. I want to fast more. I want to study more. I want to be more like you, God. Yala na sila la mosa, yala la mokata ya. Kata yara na mosa, te yara na moka ya. Hate neti katanda la mosa haya. There is something about seeking God that He said, You'll find me when you seek me with your whole heart. I want Him to have every bit of that heart. I want to reserve part of this heart for other things and try to try to live holy but hold on to things. I want to just give him all my heart. Oh, kataya la moshaye kabagaya. Hoya la la bosola la boshatahaya. Oh, God's getting us ready. These messages, these prayer meetings, all these things, God's getting the people ready. 
we went on this trip and we had flights booked weeks, weeks, weeks in advance. So we knew something that was coming. But I would keep getting updates because they kept wanting to make sure you're ready. You've got everything ready before you get to that airport because don't get there and not have this done. Don't get there or have this. There's things you gotta, you can't take with you and there's things you need to bring. Amen. I feel like God, we made reservations a long time ago to be with him, but as he gets closer and as it's getting closer, he's saying there's some things to leave and there's some things to get. Get ready because your flight's coming up. It's coming up, so you need to be getting ready. Make sure you're not trying to bring this because you can't bring this on board. You, this can't go, but, but you got to have this. There's some things you got to have. You got to have that ID. <laughs> you got to have that name. Oh, I want to be more like him. Oh, God, help us. Let's lift our hands and pray one more time together. Would you cry out to him one more time? Don't you want to be more like him? You don't want to miss your flight. You don't want nothing to hold you back. It's coming. It's getting closer. And the Word of God's coming forth reminding us we've got to pick up some things. We've got to lay some things down, but we've got to get closer. Oh, God, touch our heart today. Get us ready, God, for that flight. Get us ready to meet you in the air, God. Let that Word of God search us. Search every corner of our heart, God. Search our lives. Let us be ready to lay it down. Let us be ready for true repentance, Lord, and true holiness, God. Let us seek you with our whole heart. With our whole heart, God. All to Jesus, I surrender. All to Jesus, I surrender. Oh, it's going to be worth it all. You won't regret one moment of living for Him when you hear Him say, well done. You won't regret one moment. But I cannot imagine the regret you would feel if you heard Him say, depart from me, I never knew you. And He highlights in your mind that one thing that you just wouldn't let go of. (laughs) Oh, the Spirit of the Lord's in this house today. Come on, let that be your song. Let that be your heart cry this morning. All to Jesus.
disciple and I'm reminded that Peter said behold we have left all you got to be ready to leave it all there can't be anything that you're trying to hold you behold we have left all to follow you what shall we have and the Lord began to tell them how they would be rewarded in this life and then in the life to come I want to be his disciple. But to do that, I've got to be ready to leave it all, Lord, to follow you. He might not ask you to leave something, but if he, if he asks you, you better be ready to lay it down. I'm thankful for the Lord this morning. Could you give him a hand clap and a shout of praise in this house? What a tremendous, tremendous word from the Lord. What a reminder to stir our hearts. It's one of those, I stir up your pure heart by way of remembrance. What a reminder. God's in control of it. We've got we to gotta let him do it. We've got to let it happen. Friend, I'm thankful. Guys, good preaching today. Our choir, our music, great job today. Sound, media, great job today. I love the house of the Lord. I love the people of God. Let's pray for those that are sick, those that are not here, those that are wandering away let's pray pray for people invite them to church bring them to church hey it's okay to come to church amen have a wonderful day be at prayer meeting tomorrow night seven o'clock you can be dismissed in jesus name god bless you if you brought your tithes and offering the baskets are on the platform you can put it up here today thank you